Hello, this is Mike Ghetto and Steve Carpenter from Yakima Chief Hops. Today we are doing a podcast with Chris Ray from uh, Center of the Universe Brewing out of uh, Virginia. And Chris is here with us in Yakima during his hop selection time. And uh, we're over at our very old office building where we do a lot of our selections and uh, occasionally drinking a beer or two or three. And uh, we're, but we're really, really happy to have Chris with us today. Uh, and Steve, uh, you you have a little bit of a, uh, in, in a way, a personal connection with Chris, Well, right? I feel like it. Chris is a folk hero of mine and of my fellow Yakima Chiefsters because back in 2011, when Chris was a relief pitcher for the Mariners, and I was an avid follower of the USS Mariner blog, I remember reading a little blurb about uh, Chris actually driving his fellow relief pitchers nuts, talking about things like Amarillo and Simcoe. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. and Will Helmson was a closer at that time, and his nickname was a bartender because he was a bartender, kind of between his college career and his pitching career with the Mariners. It was very used to mixed drinks and that type of thing, and, and uh, just assume Amarillo and Simcoe were Texas League cities or something. <laughs> uh, but uh, Chris became a hero of mine back then, and just really good to have you on the show, Chris. No, it's great to be out here. Thanks for having me. So, Chris, uh, you are with uh, your brother, right? You guys started the brewery together several years ago and uh, now full-time. That's right. Um, we're turning seven years old this year, which is kind of hard to believe, but uh, my brother and I were avid home brewers for a long time, which is probably a story you hear over and over again from, from everybody in the industry. But uh, we used to send uh, beer back and forth to each other uh, while I was playing, and then Finally, in 2010 was the first time that I actually brewed in the city I was playing in and brought it into the team. So that was, was Seattle. Um, that was actually um, Texas. Texas, okay. Yep, so that was Texas, and um, you know that was one of the kind of, I guess, shining moments for me is when I can introduce some folks to, to craft beer in the clubhouse, which you know, at that point in time still was pretty new in the clubhouse, so I got yeah. a, lot of, a lot of strange looks for that one. So in 2010, Chris, you played for Tech, started the season with Texas, and then ended up with the Giants, right? That's right. I got uh, I got traded for Benji Molina about halfway through the season. Yeah. And then you ended up playing in the the World Series, right? Yep. We ended up uh, playing Texas in the World Series. And, uh, <laughs> One of I think a handful of major league players in history that played for the two teams that played in the World Series during the same season. So that's pretty remarkable. Was it before or after the All-Star or that July trade deadline? Um, it was before it was before the All-Star uh, break. I was actually on the road in uh, LA at the time and uh, was called in and was told I was traded and was meeting the team in Colorado for a 10-day road trip. Um, I literally had one change of clothes in a suit because it was a 3-day uh, series in LA and we flew back so I had to land in uh, Colorado and literally go buy all new clothes uh, for for 10 days on the road with the team but yeah it was a it was a lot of fun Um, people were you know quite confused why I was so excited when Texas clinched uh, the ALCS (laughs) that basically guaranteed me a World Series ring at that point and having did you get two paychecks as well (laughs) no unfortunately they don't give you both bonuses which is a is a big bummer but uh, no it was great experience yeah see I mean Back to your, you, you really did start as a home brewer, though, but what was it about making beer? Uh, was it just something you and your brother did? I mean, I imagine you also threw the baseball around quite a bit and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, it was it was one of those things where I would try to come up with a hobby every off season. Okay. Um, you know, my wife and I get along great, but when you're, you know, just sitting next to each other for all hours of the day, you got to figure out something else to do. So um, carpentry was one that I tried, and then, and then a friend of mine, 
uh, came over with a home brew kit and we brewed for the first time. I just fell in love with it. So the next day I literally sent a kit to my brother down in Florida. He's still living down there. And, you know, we just, we started brewing all the time and it became, you know, a little bit of an obsession, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's worse things. Uh, when did you decide uh, you wanted to move from uh, home brewing to a commercial brewery? What was it that today, this is something we really want to try? It was really that trade from Texas to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had never been on the, on the West Coast before and, you know, got traded to San Francisco and, you know, we're, we're driving up there and, and I stop off at a convenience store, a random convenience store on the side of the, of the road. And there's, there's four coolers for beer and three of them our craft beer and I've never seen nice. anything like that in my yeah. life and I was like this is amazing um, this is something that's definitely going to make its way east eventually it's something that I love and so we just started working on our business plan at that point did you have a couple of go-to beers when you were in San Francisco or breweries I should say that uh, you really say the are in that area um 21st amendment which yep. um we 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 stayed right off the Embarcadero we sent our cars home mm-hmm. because it's Costs the same for an apartment as it does for a parking space in San Francisco. <laughs> so we got got rid of the cars, and it was a place that we could walk to. And uh, we actually got 21st Amendment involved with the Hops for Heroes as well. Nice, mm-hmm. nice, very cool. And what are you out here uh, selecting? What uh, what hops are you looking at today? So we uh, there's two different ones, uh, Citra and Centennial. So those are two that are featured in in Pocahoptus, which is our our flagship IPA. And um, you know we we got into an unfortunate situation this year. Um, you know, selecting hops last year with, with not Yakima, obviously, and uh, uh, we're left kind of out to dry. And uh, so it's, we're really excited about having, you know, one field, uh, one lot that we can choose from for, for next year, really kind of keep our beer consistent. Did you already make your choices or you're still going through that? No, we, we already did. We finished up downstairs. So who, who's, uh, whose hops did you pick? Which farms do you remember? Um, I really don't remember which okay. one it is, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, we're, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you get to a point where you're ordering enough hops to be able to choose a lot. It's, it's a really cool uh, experience to be able to go in there and, and get your nose in those fields and, and really kind of smell the differences of, of one variety and how it can change it, you know, based upon where it's grown. Yeah. You know, the perfect experience is to select your hops, pick the grower. And then let us take you out. You can to the farm. grower to yeah. kind of make that connection. That's what we pride ourselves on doing. That's really our mission is to make those connections. So that'd be something worth doing this afternoon if you have time. Sure, we'll go out and meet. Yeah, the I mean grower. that would uh, that that would definitely be something yeah. that would be. Uh, now, if the grower good. happens to be in Idaho, it may be a long <laughs> trip. But uh, yeah, it's like <laughs> a lot, like a minor league bus trip. <laughs> right, you know, that, yeah. that's a, that's fine. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Stop off at uh, Jack in the Box or something, and, Perfect. and yes. shower and uh, eat and uh, yeah, everything all mm-hmm. at once. Yeah. This is a really good beer, Pocahontas. I mean, you're we, we don't you know you're you're uh, you're just north of Richmond, right? That's uh, right. We're about 10, 10 miles north uh, in a small town called Ashland, Virginia, which dubs itself the center of the universe. It's a population of seventy five hundred, <laughs> um, so very fitting. Um, but it's uh, it's home for us, and you know, close enough to to Richmond where. You know, that, that brewery scene out there is, has really picked up over the last few years, and um, it's a great place to, to be. Um, is, that, is that where you kids grew up uh, when you were younger with your family? Or um, My brother and I are both from Tampa. Actually, okay. born and raised. One of the few people that are actually born and raised in Florida. Right. Um, so the lonely, you know, Bucks fans that we can't ever watch it on TV because it's never on, but, uh, you know, we'll still wear the jersey around. But, yeah, we're, we're both from Tampa. Okay. Um, and how did you settle in Ashland then? Um, that was, uh, I went to William & Mary for college, okay. and that was the only D1 school that I got a scholarship offer from. It was a 110 scholarship when I was playing yep. uh, in high school. I was, you know, mid-80s pitcher, which is pretty good, but in mm-hmm. Florida, you're 
kind of run-of-the-mill. So mm-hmm. uh, he went to a lot of camps up in the Northeast and, and tried to get recognized, and that's, that's where it landed up. That's a great place if you're a history buff to go to, to the Williamsburg and that whole area out there. I mean, it's just really cool. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's definitely something that I that I noticed and, and was quickly drawn to was, you know, Tampa is nice. I'm mm-hmm. not going to knock on Tampa, but there's not a ton of history down there. Um, you know, we used to say that Tampa doesn't really have a soul. Like, there's no, like, gathering place. And then when you go up to Virginia, it's everything is history. Everything's connected. Sure. Which is We've really got that great ballpark, Tropicana, which is like the best baseball diamond <laughs> yeah. in, you know, in the United States. It was really well, well constructed and thought out to have that uh, yeah, dome in St. Petersburg. So. Well, Steve, I mean, uh, Citroen Centennial, I mean, uh, the crops, we've talked about it. They're looking pretty good this uh, this year. Every every day seems to go by, and we for, keep raising our yield estimates, for, I think. For the most part, uh, the crop's picking out at target or slightly above, which is a good thing. It'll help uh, our customers who are looking for Citra and Mosaic and some of the other th- sought-after varieties. Uh, there should be plenty. I'm really impressed with the quality so far this year. Um, the only probably negative is, is seed contents just up a little bit. We had a cool growing season relative to a normal year, mm-hmm. and that kind of extended the the bloom period, which uh, resulted in higher yields, which is a good thing. But it also exposed our little girls out in the field, our female hop cones, to these nasty males that get in there and and fertilize them and, and cause some seed. And it's it's not terrible. It's just slightly elevated over what we've seen in the past. Right. But the, the the general quality though is it it it's, it is a lot tied to the weather. It always is, right? It is. And it is an agricultural product, as yep. we keep saying. And if you can avoid the hot, dry weather, that two week period of a hundred degree plus, you can generally avoid that mite infestation. Mm-hmm. Uh, those little buggers will go through a complete life cycle in like six days when it's a hundred degrees plus. So, having a little cooler weather, avoiding that uh, hot period, has certainly helped the guys out with. Uh, reducing the number of sprays they had to put on and also uh, reducing the populations out there to begin with. And then so. how about like this week where it's it's both cool and raining. It's been cool and raining Oregon for the last two weeks almost. How, yeah. What's the impact on the hops and the quality mm-hmm. and the yield at this point? Uh, the uh, the quality and the yield is good. What we do see, um, there'll be, there were a few growers that uh, probably had a sleepless night last night because mm-hmm. we, we've had two thunderstorms, major thunderstorms come through, one right before harvest and the other one two weeks ago that have really put extra weight and stretch on the uh, trellis Hmm. so even a small rainfall can cause a trellis to go down now the fact of the matter is the crops mature enough where they can pick that trellis up and get them cut and harvested before mold and sunburn become a lot of extra work though it is a lot of extra work but uh, we're kind of that point where we're beyond the having to write the whole crop off if a trellis goes down Looking this morning, it looks like we're somewhere around 55, 60% harvested. Does that sound about right? Maybe a little more than yeah, that if you... Maybe, certainly a little more on an acreage standpoint. Yep. Uh, some of our late varieties like uh, Pato, Mosaic, Equinot are a little higher yield potential. So that's probably about right from a volume standpoint. From a poundage standpoint. perspective, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's coming in coming in good. So yep. And Conversely, Germany still having some struggle. What we saw at the alpha levels that came out the report last week. So yeah, it seems to be there. Uh, didn't quite get the rainfall they needed to completely finish the crop off from an alpha standpoint. So we expect those final alpha numbers to be uh, probably off of the five-year average just a bit. Um, we'll see what the yields end up. 
Uh, they haven't really picked a lot of their Hercules, which is their alpha variety yet, but mm -hmm. uh, they would have to be exceptionally high for them to hit their uh, total alpha production uh, targets. Back to a normal or an average year, I guess, whatever yep. normal means anymore. Right. Well, Chris, you, you've, you're making some great IPAs. We've got Pocahoptus, you've got a Chameleon, and uh, tell us about a few other beers that you're making uh, back in Ashland. Um, sure. Right now our seasonal mm -hmm. out is, you know, just like everyone else is doing our Oktoberfest, our mm -hmm. Marzins. Um, you know, that's one of my favorite beers that we do, just a nice, clean, uh, light Marzin, uh, more traditional, not the uh, kind of heavy, thick, syrupy kind that you get out there every once in a while. But, uh, you know, Right now, we're about to head into the fall and winter season, which is just seasonal bonanza. Um, and so we uh, we actually have a, a limited edition um, beer that we did called Red Rum. Uh, mm. We uh, King's Dominion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Stephen King, yep. There yep. you go. <laughs> uh, King's Dominion is a, is a theme park uh, where we are, and we, we did this beer with them. And so it's uh, it's actually a, a, a we call it a, a Red Rum Blood Red Double IPA, yep. um, but we brewed it with uh, beet sugar. Okay. Um, so all the color derived from it, it's... I mean, it, it is red, it's, it's translucent, it's beautiful, um, and it's all beet sugar. So it's, nice. so it's good for you. Um, <laughs> it's good for it's you. It's a just thirst don't, quencher, right? Right. Just don't, <laughs> just don't spill it on your white couch because I'm not sure how well beet. Uh, and and you've got a, a lager with the baseball-themed name too, right? That's right. We have uh, Chin Music. This is actually, <laughs> this is actually Chin Music's retirement uh, season. So um, we're going to be replacing it next year. But, yeah, it's a... Uh, it's a Vienna-style lager that we do with the Double uh, A team uh, for the San Francisco Giants in Richmond. It's a it's a lot of fun. Keeps me involved in baseball. Yeah. Um, but it's a you know the Chin Music name itself was was, well, was, was pretty a great name. Fun to go out. Great. Have you got an Have you got an alternative? Maybe uh, high and tight for next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Slider <laughs> down and away. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, we don't we don't have the name picked out yet. It's going to be a grapefruit shandy. Um, okay. So it's a style that we haven't done and you don't really see a whole lot anymore. Um, mm -hmm. But we felt would would work well with the baseball season, um, especially with approachability. So it's grapefruit league, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So are you are you going to flavor it with grapefruit, or are you going to throw in a few extra pounds of early Simcoe? Oh uh, well, well, you know, we can talk about that. We can we can do some experiments, but uh, yeah, right now, I mean, we did some pilot batches of it. We we're fortunate. We've got a, a research and development facility that we just opened up uh, about two and a half years ago. So we're we're able to do all of our test batches in there and. Um, it, it turned out pretty well. Yeah. How easy is it for you in Virginia to self-distribute, or do, is it a complicated system? Or in the scale of ease of trying to run a craft brewery, how, how would you describe the state? So uh, Virginia is a three-tier system, so there's no self-distribution. Um, you can't own any more than one of the tiers, so there's manufacturer, wholesaler, retailer. Um, if you own your own restaurant, uh, you can't serve your own beer there. Um, it's you have to put That's messed up, but it, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it, is a, it is something that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, yeah. but, uh, you know, Virginia still controls all liquor sales as well, so all liquor stores are state-owned and controlled, and so it's a it's a little tight. But um, you know, fortunately for us, our distributors do a really good job for us in Virginia. And um, right now, our fo our focus is much less territory expansion and much more territory penetration. So yep. coming up with new styles and new beers so that we can uh, you know reach folks that maybe we aren't reaching currently. So you pitched for the Orioles for a while as well, correct? That's right. So majority of my career was in Baltimore. Okay. I, was, I was drafted by the Orioles in uh, 2003 and, and played with them all the way through the uh, 2009 season. So can you get your beers up above uh, Washington and into the Baltimore area? And so we've, we've, um, we've dabbled. Um, we had a, a, a short-term contract with a distributor. Uh, we were actually just uh, had a new beer that just came out with a local TV syndicate. Um, and... Uh, 
so we did that and you know we might make it back up there um we'll see you know just the the market in general distribution right now is tough um you know distributors are starting to realize that adding additional breweries doesn't mean that they're going to sell more beer they're just going to make one of their other breweries a little bit more upset because they're not selling their beer anymore so um for us you know obviously i'd love to be up in baltimore um there's some relevance up there but you know, I still think we've got some work to do in, in Virginia before we do that. Are you going to get uh, Elizabeth Warren to sponsor your beer here or not? <laughs> um, we, we, well, we try to stay out of the political <laughs> realm when it comes to the, we We've only had one restaurant in D.C. not put this on because of the name. But uh, my brother's wife, um, I guess also known as my sister-in-law, but, uh, um, she, she is um, – Native American, and she yeah. gave us the blessing on the name, so that's, yeah. you know, that's where we go. And we, we, you know, we went with not a cartoonish yep. rendering of, of Pocahontas mm-hmm. and went with more of the, the strong image. So no, we really haven't gotten any pushback, and it's actually in uh, several museums down in, uh, um, you know, that historical district right around Williamsburg um, that honor Pocahontas. Yep. No, it's a good beer. Really Thank is. Yeah, it really is. Nice. Uh, probably something you wouldn't want to sit down and polish off an entire six-pack at one sitting. Uh, uh, depends, on, depends on how many baseball <laughs> games. you got a doubleheader, you know? That's right. Yeah. Unless you're watching the Mariners in their current state. <laughs> and then you need um, shots of tequila as well. With it or <laughs> well, I don't think they're faring much better in Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore's sure. kind of, yeah. It's, Do you still it's, watch a lot of baseball? Or? Um, off and on. I'm, I'm more of a playoff guy. Like yeah. I'll watch any playoff baseball, just the, the level of intensity that goes up. It's... It's, it's really consuming, and I enjoy it. We that. had uh, Kevin Euclid on. He's got Loma Brewing down okay. there in uh, the, the kind of the Bay Area yep. down there South last Coast. year. Yep. And yep. he said the same thing. He says he really tunes up the uh, interest around playoff time, which would make sense for former players. So I got here's a baseball question for you, Chris. Okay. Every, re- every pitcher at some point kind of owns a batter. Who would be the batter that you owned – that Mike and I would have heard of? Um, the name is escaping me. Played for uh, Detroit for for a while. Um, he was the catcher. Catcher for Detroit. His father was the coach? Or, uh, uh, I don't I don't remember. That, so, there were a couple. Usually they were the, the right-handers that were more free swingers. Um, I did pretty well against. I mean, I could tell you who like, my worst nightmare lineup would be. Yeah. Um, who, but uh, who, who would that be? I didn't like facing the Yankees. Period. So you yeah. can you can throw, especially at Yankee Stadium was was pretty terrible. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero is 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 pretty scary, and Gary Sheffield swinging everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. those those guys had their hands were so fast that, you know, I was a power pitcher, and it basically just took my power away because it yeah. didn't matter how hard you throw, yeah. they were gonna so turn on it. Wasn't didn't Vladdy play for the Texas Texas yep. when you were there? Yeah. So yeah. I, I I played with Vlad, who by the way is a is a great guy, and yeah. his mom is a really good cook. Uh, they would. I, I've seen that. that yeah. She's like the godmother of cooking for the kids coming up through the minor leagues or whatever, right? And then every uh, every Sunday home game, um, she would put a huge spread after the game, and it was uh, it was the first time I had oxtail. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's a he's a good guy, but not fun to, to face. I, his son, who now plays oh, yeah. for the Blue Jays, it doesn't look like he missed too many meals. I mean, <laughs> no, he's no, I think built he's built like well a spark plug. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that guy can hit. He can Oof. hit. Steve, who do you, now at the tail end of the season here, who, who, who's looking strong to you in the playoffs or moving forward? I, I can tell you who I'll be rooting for in the American League playoffs. And, you know, with all deference to your Minnesota Twins, I, I just can't help but love what the Oakland Athletics yep. do year in and year out. Yep. And 
Bob Melvin was. You didn't play for Melvin, did you? I was uh, Eric Wedge maybe? And yep, played for yeah. Eric Wedge, and uh, I played. Yeah, in Seattle. Yeah, in Seattle. But Bob Melvin, when he managed the Mariners, he had a winning season, and they let him go. And I just thought, gosh, that guy is—he knows what he's doing. Yep. He's like many of the major league managers; he's an ex-catcher, yep. and and those folks just seem to know and understand the game. Um, Bruce Bochy there at mm-hmm. San Francisco is an ex-catcher, yep. uh, and uh, so I'm I'm going to be pulling for the A's this year. I. Don't think I think they're, they're a strong team. I, yeah. I, the Yankees are, you know, all of their guys are getting. It'll be a little bit of a timing issue with uh, Giancarlo Stanton, some of the other guys coming back late this late in the season. But I, I think they've got to be the favorite. Astros, um, I think, have got to be the favorite. Uh, who? <laughs> <laughs> I saw that the, the Mariners are like one and sixteen this year against the. They, they made the Wall Street Journal this weekend. I saw. They just like maybe can't. the worst record ever against one team during a series is Mariners one win yeah. and 16 Speaking losses. Speaking of one team the, owning another team, I mean, that's certainly the case this year. And, yeah. and uh, the Braves are looking good in the National League. Yeah. They're looking good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing what Houston's been able to do. Yeah. Houston was the team, especially when you know, I was playing for the Rangers, we were super excited to go down <laughs> and play Houston um, because they were a pushover. And it yeah. seemed like once they, once they transferred over to the American League, it just something switched. Yep. Now, I mean, they, obviously they, have, they had great young talent coming up, but, mm-hmm. yeah, once they went over to the American League, like it just – it's amazing watching. And once they got Grinky at the trade deadline this well, year, well, that's like, the thing. They've been able to keep that young core together, yeah, yeah. but add a Verlander and add a Grinky and, and even Cole uh, coming in. Yeah, were, yeah. I mean, I Verlander looked. I mean, Verlander looked like he was on fumes when he was yeah, know, his yeah. last year in Detroit, and then got yep. traded, and then just all of a sudden yep. he's just yep. back to a Cy Young. Exactly. No, it's 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 the greatest sport ever invented. Um, I, I just really enjoyed. Everyone else is watching the NFL this time of the year. I'm still. Sitting in front of the TV set too, yeah. watching a baseball game. Baseball is the center of the universe. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Perfect. <laughs> well, Chris, thanks so much for joining us today. This has been great having you out and uh, great having you come out and selecting our hops and spending some time with us. We, uh, Steve said, this is our favorite time of the year, too, and it's not just because it's baseball. It's, it's hop harvest. We get our, our friends in the brewing industry out with us, and it's pretty fun for us all. Yeah, I mean, it's as, this is a great excuse for a, for a work trip is to come out here exactly. and, and visit you all on the hop farm. So it's, it's a pleasure to be here. Well, whether you're making beer or watching baseball, we wish you nothing but good hops. All right, well, thank you very much. All right. All right.